What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose. Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome to another episode of Strictly Business, the podcast in which we speak with some of the brightest minds working in the media business today. I'm Andrew Wallenstein with Variety. You know you could buy a TV on Amazon, but did you know you could buy a TV from Amazon? What began about eight years ago as Fire TV, the tech giant's connected TV operating system, has morphed from devices that bring streaming to the living room into a line of TV sets themselves. And our next guest, Daniel Rausch, VP of Entertainment Devices and Services at Amazon, has the very latest on Fire TV and what it means for the company. More with him in just a moment. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 
My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. We are back with Daniel Rausch, who oversees the Fire TV business at Amazon. Thanks for taking the time today, Daniel. Hey, Andrew. Great to be here. Thanks a lot for having me. Cool. I, I want to start with you explaining what the Fire TV brand entails, because it's a bit like, and maybe I just have Easter on the brain here, it's a bit like the Trinity Doctrine with the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. It's it's Fire TV is a stick. It's a cube. It's its own line of TVs. It powers other TVs. I just want to make sure we, we get it all straight. So tell us what exactly the brand is all about. That's 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 a great question. Um, and, and I get that there are many different products to, to account for. I think the easiest way to understand Fire TV is really to think about what we're trying to do for customers. It's uh, it's about delivering the Fire TV experience. And that's all about making streaming, you know, really straightforward and simple and possible across any screen customers want. And that might be you know, an older TV that you're trying to upgrade, you might use a Fire TV stick or a Fire TV cube. That's a dedicated streaming media device. And that's how we started the business, as you said, you know, I think about eight years ago. And, you know, more recently, uh, it, we take that same content experience, that platform that helps us stream and put it into our partner TVs. And those are names like TCL and Hisense and other sort of household familiars. Uh, and we've also most recently uh, launched our own lineup of Amazon-built TVs so we can invent even faster. So I think for customers, what really matters is they can get access to that Fire TV experience all the way from a you know $29 stick, say, if they're looking to upgrade you know the TV in the den, or they can you know grab one of our new Omni QLED TVs for the very best of the Fire TV experience. But what I also want people to understand is how important a business this is to Amazon and, and just what a big business this is in general, because you're talking about sort of like the central nervous system for TVs, which allows you to be in a position to drive advertising revenue. You're collecting user data. How important is it? How valuable is it to sort of be the brain of the TV experience from a business perspective? I think, you know, again, I think the way we think about the business is really just rooting it in how successful we can be for customers. That That is how we think about any of our businesses at Amazon. And we are humbled with that success. We recently uh, crossed the point with, with our most recent announcements. We talked about crossing 200 million device sales. And that's, you know, a big global business. We sell uh, Fire TV in over 80 countries worldwide. Um, and so I think, you know, we're making a meaningful impact bringing streaming to living rooms and elsewhere in the house for customers globally. Uh, we're humbled with that success again, and we'll just keep growing from there. And that device count, I assume, means Fire TV, not just Amazon's own sets, but the other OEMs and the sticks and the cubes all together, that's 200 million? That's right. That Yeah, that's right. So across that full surface area. But to give you a sense of you know where the growth, the engines of growth, I guess, uh, TVs most recently became the fastest growing part of the Fire TV portfolio overall. So you know, we're seeing customers buy our streaming media player products. Um, they love the sticks. You know, the Cube is a beloved product you can speak to from across the room. 
Uh, customers love that. Um, but TVs are now the fastest growing part of the, the Fire TV portfolio overall, whether that's products that we're building with partners uh, like TCL, Hisense, Xiaomi, others, uh, or the Amazon built TVs, which we most recently updated the product line of. Now, to some degree, the stats that you're putting out there don't strike me as surprising considering, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but even when you look beyond Amazon, other brands in this space, and there are a lot of big companies in this space, the 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 dongles, to use my favorite word of the world, the sticks, the cubes, whatever form factors, that seems to have in, several, in the past several years, those seem to be going out of style. And it is sort of the embedded experience, whether it's your own brand or somewhere else's, uh, that that's really where the streaming uh, TV business is going, correct? Well, I think, you know, customers want, they always want a simpler experience. And, you know, no one wants a, t you know, a TV that has tons of different things attached to it to get the experience they want. Um, the good news about the Fire TV product line is, again, we have a way to upgrade that old TV simply with a sticker, a cube, uh, or to get the OS, you know, directly embedded out of the box. There's incredible staying power in the streaming media player part of the business. And I think that's because if you have a TV that, you know, you still, you're fine with the picture quality of, uh, it's fine, you're fine on the brightness and you just want it to be a better, actually smart TV, there's a great Fire TV option for you. And so there's, you know, if you ask me, five years ago where I thought the streaming media player business would be, I would not think it is as resilient as it actually is today uh, with customers updating their TVs. Sure. And, you know, you're also, as I mentioned, you're in a pretty crowded space with some big players. And so when you throw a number out there like 200 million devices, I'm curious how that translates to something like market share, because as big as the Fire TV business is, I've seen data recently suggesting that your share is moving up, but in the US, this is still a Roku-dominated business. Uh, overseas, it's still a, an Android or Google-dominated business. So how are you doing in terms of advancing in terms of market share? Well, if you look at, if you, if you look at how we think about the business, we're just trying to be successful for customers, but we are the world's most popular streaming media player uh, you know, I was uh, for the product news that I'm sure we'll end up talking about here shortly. I was in uh, London and, you know, we were talking about expansions to Europe. We're the most popular streaming media player in the UK uh, and in Germany, which were the two countries that were focused on our announcements. So I think if you look across uh, the globe, Japan is certainly a place where the most popular streaming media player. I, I think it's something where you have to piece together how customers are accessing their content. And Fire TV, having sold 200 million devices, is certainly you know, one of the most important streaming media players that there is. Got it. So with your latest announcement, as you mentioned, we're at 200 million. There's been an international expansion. And also there's now new iterations of the fire branded TVs, including a new, more affordable line of those TVs. So talk to me about this evolution here in terms of the TV uh, piece of this business. Yeah, so with our Amazon built TVs, we recently uh, expanded the lineup of our Omni QLED TVs. And that's really just about resetting customers' expectations for what TVs should be able to do. Your TV is off over 20 hours a day. It's probably also the biggest technology investment you make in your home is the one or more TVs that you have when you, when you add up the math uh, in terms of sort of smart devices that should be actually smart in your home. And our Omni QLED TVs are all about being actually smart 
useful and beautiful for you all throughout the day. We had those in 65 and 75 inch models. We extended the lineup so that customers can get those into more places in their home. That was the first bit of product news is sort of our very best TVs uh, and expanding that lineup. The, the second part of the product news in our TVs was uh, extending on the value end. So we actually released a new series of TVs, the two series. That's all about bringing that great high quality Fire TV streaming experience to new price points and new sizes. Those started at just $199. So now we have this sort of range of prices and size options from 32 inch TV all the way up to a 75 inch Omni QLED. So a full range of Amazon built TV options for, for any customer in any home. And then I think lastly, we expanded that the footprint of the Amazon built TV business. So we added, you know, we've been selling those in the US and Canada. We're now selling those in Mexico, the UK and Germany as well, bringing those to those customer bases that have been anticipating this for some time. Why be in the Amazon built TV business at all? I know you've been there, I'd say at least a year now. And I'm just curious, yeah. you know, uh, you certainly seem to have had many partners uh, of existing uh, original equipment manufacturers. Why could that not have just continued to have been the, the Amazon TV business? Why be there with your own brand building it yourself? That's a great question. I think, you know, really it's just to be an engine for invention. We want to, you know, develop technology as fast as possible. We give it to partners as fast as we're inventing it. Uh, and there are a lot of examples of where we're accelerating our partner's ability to deliver new experiences. So I think if you look at, for example, we launched our first uh, far field televisions. By that, I mean, it's a TV you can just ask Alexa to do anything on from across the room. Sort of imagine, you know, putting an echo right in the TV. Uh, that's a very complex problem. It involves a lot of science and computer science uh, to figure out how to noise cancel and beam form and actually build a far field television is a pretty complex engineering problem. Within a few months of when we launched our first Farfield TV, Toshiba was already shipping their own high quality TVs. So, and that's because we're inventing it and giving it to those partners as fast as possible. So I think a lot of what you see us doing with the Amazon built TVs is delivering a great customer experience, accelerating our partner uh, set as well, right alongside that. And I could certainly appeal, see the appeal of an Alexa driven TV experience. And I'm curious what it means when you think about what Amazon brings to the table, all the different pieces of its business, the ring business, you know, you start to think of a TV as more than just a place for entertainment, but as the hub for controlling the whole smart home. Is that what this TV is about? Is it the future of this TV? Yeah, I think, you know, we've said the, we've had this term smart TV for so long and really all that it ever got to for customers was sort of a TV that connects to the internet, has a so-so user interface, not right. really organizing your content for you. And that came to sort of set customers' expectations for a smart TV. We're in the golden age of the smart home. We're surrounded by, you know, different devices that help us in different ways make life simpler around the home. And the TV is an opportunity to bring all of that together better for customers not just on the content side. Our mission with Fire TV on the content side is to get content out of the apps, get it in front of customers. You don't have to think about diving in and out of which app has what for you. You're delighted by recommendations across all your sources, et cetera. Well, the same should be true for the smart home. Your TV as this big technology investment, it should be helpful throughout the day. For example, you should be able to see your calendar on it. 
why wouldn't you get suggestions about new content recommendations or even recipes from your TV? Also, it should be beautiful for you throughout the day. So OmniQLEDs come with 1,700 pieces of gallery quality art. It's basically an art gallery in your home. So we, we think that's what actually smart looks like. It's a TV that's beautiful, it's useful, and it's pulling together the world of the smart home around your home for you. The art piece of it sound particularly interesting because I, I believe you guys have some functionality where you could actually sort of create your own art uh, just by speaking to Alexa. That's right. I did sort of a, when we did this uh, set of product announcements uh, in London, we did do a sneak peek of uh, generative AI functionality uh, that we will be launching later this year for customers. So the, the, the classic piece that I did there was showing how the Northern Lights could be generated over Big Ben. So it was as simple as saying, Alexa, create a painting of the Northern Lights over Big Ben. Then you could uh, get this beautiful high, high quality render of that that looks photographic. You could change the style, say, to something like Van Gogh style or pointillism or graphical style. Um, and so we're gonna be really excited to launch something I think so useful for customers. There's a lot of interesting discussion about generative AI and, and what it can do in a browser say, but bringing it I think into customers' living rooms and letting them take control of that creative process is gonna be really fun. That does sound really cool, but when we're talking about something that's a little more utilitarian in terms of this you know, smart home functionality, you know, what does this future look like? Am I control, you know, I'm controlling the lights, I'm opening my garage. I mean, is it, how ambitious are we thinking here? Yeah, you can, you can do many of these things with your TV today. So if you ask uh, Fire TV, it could be a stick, it could be a new Omni QLED to show you your smart home devices or your smart home dashboard, up it comes. And there are many ways that that's really useful for customers. And some of the things you talked about, blinds and lights and the other kinds of things that customers are bringing into their homes, all that's available. But it really gets useful when you think about things like cameras. So, you know, my ring cameras, they pop right up as soon as you ask for that dashboard. Or, you know, when someone rings my ring doorbell during a movie, it just pauses the movie, brings up the ring doorbell feed, and we talk to whoever's at the door. It's usually uh, for the pizza delivery for family movie night. We have them leave the pizzas and... Uh, pop upstairs and continue our movie. So I think what customers really want is all of that to come together simply and elegantly and not seem like it's a more complicated world. They want the smart home to be simple and easy to use. And we're glad to be doing that with Alexa and Fire TV. We'll be back in just a moment with more with Daniel Rausch, VP of Entertainment Devices and Services at Amazon. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. 
Check the back seat. Check the back seat. All right, come here. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hey, it's Zuko and Kayla from The Wake Up Call. Enjoy your podcast, but when you're done, don't forget about us. We have a radio show. We try to bring a smile to your face every morning. We also talk to some of the hottest country stars of today, and we like to share some good news with That's What I Like. Because Lord knows that's hard to find. When you're done podcasting your podcast, listen to us at 92.3 WCOL. Set your preset on your radio right now, and don't forget you can listen to us online on the iHeartRadio app. We're back with Daniel Rausch, who oversees the Fire TV business at Amazon, also the Luna Cloud Gaming Service, which we will get to in just a minute. But still want to ask a few more things about uh, Fire TV. I'm, I'm so interested in this notion of the smart home hub, but pardon my skepticism, doesn't the smartphone become the more logical place where this hub experience should be emanating from why why do we see the tv as i know this has been you know i've been covering this business for a while and there's been this fantasy for decades about the tv but i think that originated before the smartphone was there so what am i missing yeah i think i think there's some important important distinctions the your phone is so useful and we all you know we all rely on it so much it's also your device and it's often our most personal device and customers really don't actually want a personal remote control for the home. You know, my family, I've got three kids and my wife, we all live together here. We all need access to our smart locks. We all want to be able to bring up the cameras. We all want to turn on and off the lights, right? And there are so many homes for which customers are trying to coordinate all that through a person's phone with a account. Uh, it gets very complicated, actually. You have to fish out your phone, unlock it, find the right app among all the different apps, find the right device within the app, tap the device, and that's just to turn on a light bulb. So I think what customers love is the simplicity of voice. You know, Alexa is incredibly popular in the smart home. The deep integration of Alexa with Fire TV makes it possible to kick off your movie night routine that adjusts the lights and brings up your content and just gets everything going all at once. Um, I, you know, I just mentioned things like the, the Ring doorbell deep integration. Those things are elegant and simple. They're available to everyone in the house. You don't have to learn how to use any of it. So we see customers really using Alexa and Fire TV to bring together a lot of that smart home capability. And what about the Echo? Because the Echo being the the, the speaker device that Alexa is typically stored in, in a world where we're filled with Fire TVs, what do I need an Echo for if Alexa's in my, because I would assume you don't need more than one device with Alexa in your home. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, you, I mean, there are customers that will put an Alexa you know, device into any given room so that they have access. And we do see that customers in the living room, if they have a far field TV, say they bought one of our new Omni QLED TVs with Alexa built in, and it has that far field capability where they can just say Alexa and Alexa is always ready to respond. We do see that, that that will be the Alexa device for the living room at this point, because that's a great way to access Alexa. And they might put an Echo Dot in there on their bedstand table, my kids have Echo Dots in their room. That's the device that they that they use there. 
So I think it, it's sort of a room by room question. Our, our job is to have enough selection for customers. So uh, we want to make sure all of that's available. Now, when you start talking about all these these speakers and TVs, I wonder about the privacy issue. Obviously, that's important to some consumers. What protections did the Fire TV device provide for those who are, you know, very security conscious? Sure. I mean, I mean, at Amazon, you know, everything we do has privacy and security built in from the core. Uh, that's from the moment we start to conceive of a product. And just like any of our Alexa, you know, endpoints or devices. Uh, privacy is built in foundationally. So there's a switch on the TVs, for example, that electronically disconnects the microphones. It's a complete mute and you see with a little LED indicator that the microphones are off. There are all kinds of settings around, you know, your, your voice utterances and your data and privacy settings can be accessed in the Fire TV menus so that you can toggle any of that on and off simply for customers. So we present, you know, the key things customers want is transparency, and then control over how that data works. And all of that's available right in the Fire TV menu. Well, let's get back to the core of the TV experience in terms of entertainment. Content discovery can be a nightmare. Uh, and frankly, I, I've encountered TVs where the, the UX isn't necessarily an improvement. So when you've got you know thousands of different apps and channels, what is it about the Fire TV UX that you think solves for this problem? The, the key the key thing that customers actually want, they really want two things. First, if they know what they want to watch, they want to be able to get to it simply, elegantly, and they're in, right? I mean, entertainment is all about stepping back, relaxing, enjoying something, stepping out of the rest of your day. And so, you know, putting that content right in front of customers, they don't have to think about where it is and how to find it, whether that's through the Fire TV UX and things like our continue watching row, you just dive right into it or through voice where you just, you don't have to think about where it is. You just want to watch, you know, the latest episode of, of uh, Stranger Things say, or you want to catch, catch up. We're all watching Succession right now. With voice, you say it, you're in, you don't have to think about the source. The second thing is to be delighted, you know, with discovery. And I think that's an even more complex problem for customers as streaming sources have gone up. There's so many choices. And so having one central, sort of recommendation set of recommendations for customers is key. The customers love things like our next step for you row. That's not pointing you to a particular application. That's pointing you to a show that we know you'll love uh, based on your preferences and pulling it all together. So I think getting content out of the apps really uh, is what customers love most about the Fire TV experience. Uh, it's not just some app trade like your phone. That's not the future of streaming. The future of streaming is you know, understanding what you'll be delighted by and, and putting it in front of you. Let's switch gears to the Luna business, which you over, over which you also oversee, uh, a cloud gaming service that is how old now, would you say? Uh, it's been in general availability for just over a year. Uh, and we just expanded uh, the reach of Luna to include the UK, Germany and Canada. So we're expanding that footprint as well. So it's, it's weeks old in those in those regions and just over a year in general availability in the US. 
And we've seen that this could be a tough business. Uh, Google had a similar service called Stadia that has since shuttered. Uh, I know a few months ago, your game library lost a, a sizable chunk of games. How are you finding this Luna business in, in year one, considering it seems like it can be a challenging space? Well, I think, you know, first of all, we know that streaming is going to transform gaming uh, to to customer's benefit the same way it has so many different media types. So if you just look at, you know, look at your music experience now or your video and TV experience now. I mean, streaming is transformative and so beneficial for customers. Uh, and we know that, you know, it is going to happen to gaming. Customers should not have to buy, you know, incredibly expensive hardware investments you know, much more frequently, if you look at the console space, the expectations for customers, you have to upgrade your console, you know, every few years to, to keep pace. All of that can be done in the cloud now. Uh, and so, you know, it's going to be a great benefit for customers when streaming takes over the landscape of gaming. And that's really what we're all about with Luna is making, making streaming gaming really affordable. Uh, I think you know, you asked about about how how Luna is doing. I think the best sign for how it's doing is is the expansion we just announced. As I mentioned, we Luna is now available in Canada, the UK, and Germany. It's uh, been available for over a year in the US. Uh, in general availability, customers are loving it, and we're just excited to keep growing it. So, has there been any sort of uh, strategic changes in direction after after one year, or your current configuration is where you're you're going in the future with Luna? You know, we 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 consolidated a few uh, subscriptions. So we started with a couple things. We had, for example, you could add on a retro games subscription. We folded that into our baseline Luna Plus subscription. So we're trying to make sense of how customers think about different subscriptions to to game libraries. Uh, and customers are loving Luna Plus. They're loving the the experiences we're building with third parties. We have an Ubisoft Plus uh, uh, game library on there as well, and a third party offering from Jackbox Games. That's that's one thing that's going well is just figuring out the curation of games in the library. And you've seen us tweak that a little bit. I would say on the other hand, um, we're making a set of games uh, free every month to Prime customers, and customers are really loving that. So I think that's another thing we've learned is that you know. Customers want to be able to experiment, validate that you know the streaming on Luna works great, and then they'll invest maybe in a subscription or adding a game controller. A Prime customer can, you know, you have a Fire TV in your living room. A Prime customer can lean back and be playing within seconds. They can use their phone as their controller to try out Luna, and there are great titles in there. You know, uh, we've got, for example, Horizon Chase Turbo is available here uh, in April. Adventure Pals. Uh, Yakuza, Kiwami 2, there are some great uh, game titles available in April, and then those rotate every month. So I think I think that's the other thing we're learning is just how much Prime customers benefit from Luna. One last question. Like a lot of big companies these days, particularly in the tech category, Amazon has cut a, a significant number of jobs recently. And so I'm wondering, how does that affect you in terms of the fire tv business the luna business uh, are you seeing the same level of commitment when you started these businesses or is it becoming a little harder uh, perhaps uh, resources could be more constrained yeah you know i mean first of all it's it's tough anytime we have to say goodbye to to anyone uh, each one of those decisions is is uh, really thoughtfully done um and you know you've seen it across the tech landscape um, but 
I would offer that, you know, there's so much investment going on in our devices business overall. Uh, we've recalibrated several investments, uh, which I think is the nature of your question. That is that is the landscape right now in terms of the macro economy. Um, you know, every 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 part of every business is going through that. Um, but but the business is strong, and we continue to invest in Fire TV. We continue to invest in Luna. You know, those are both businesses we're talking today because we're expanding. So uh, I think the future is really bright. Good to hear. We'll have to check in with you this time next year, get another progress report. Thank you, Daniel, for taking your time out today. Thanks so much, Andrew. This has been another episode of Strictly Business. Tune in next week for another helping of scintillating conversation with media movers and shakers. And please make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear future episodes. Also, leave a review in Apple Podcasts and let us know how we're doing. Check the backseat. Check the backseat. Hi, come here. Check the backseat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. It's the Breakfast Club, the world's most dangerous morning show. Hey! Angela Yee is kind of like the big sister that always pokes you in the forehead. That's not how it goes? That's not how anything goes. Yimby's really like a robot. One of the best DJs ever. Believe that! Charlamagne is the wild card. And I'm about to give somebody the credit they deserve for being stupid. I know, that's right. (laughs) What is wrong with you? Listen to The Breakfast Club weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on 106.7 The Beat. Columbus is real hip-hop and R&B.